Master H on the beat. momentum and then we got hit with so many um things like health yeah took our health took over and so we had to not voluntarily but involuntarily we had to step away from our child and um, recover and recover and get our bodies right and unfortunately, it took a little bit longer, but um, I'm still somewhat recovering, but I'm much better, way 100%, no, 95% better than before. And we're like, we can't end the year without letting our people know how much we appreciate them, that we had to send them off with a little Christmas gift. And hopefully we can come back in the new year stronger and better and with more content, more stuff, and hopefully yeah. deeper yeah. the rest of the year. Yeah, and and like we're um, healing is a big part of this year in general. Yeah, um, just because you know we we both Adra and I both had surgeries, mm-hmm. um, and like Adra said, we're recovering. But it all in all, like this year has just been such a hard hit for everybody. So yeah. I think like healing and. Uh, and it feels good. Like, it feels good to be talking. Like, I was just saying to you before we pressed record that it's so nice to be talking to you again, like, in yes. this, on this platform. Yeah. Because we obviously do chat pretty much every day. But mm-hmm. chatting like this again, it just, you know, it feels like a new love or something. Yes. I have, I've missed it. I've really missed it. And I think I've, now that I'm here, I've missed it even more because I'm like, gosh, isn't that just so vain? I like hearing the voice. <laughs> <laughs> because I just, we haven't had a chance to really, like you and I, we chat, right? Yeah. And we talk about everything, anything, and everything that's happened since our last podcast, we talk about it in depth. But it's very different talking on this podcast because, you know, we're now people are coming into our private conversation and it's been nice to welcome people into our conversations and um it's one last time in 2020 and god willing 2021 they're gonna hear they're gonna get sick of us because we're gonna be all over the place (laughs) (laughs) we're coming like full force but you know it's true even though we, we did have to take like a bit of a break and step back um it just goes to show like our dedication to this because we are still committing to doing one more episode for the um, for 2020 so 
but uh, I guess with that, Ajwa, I mean, how have you been coping like since the last time uh, we did this episode? And aside from, you know, I mean, I guess it's all a part of it, but like your surgery, your healing, your job, just COVID in general, you know, I know we don't want to, um, we often say this throughout the year with these episodes, we're like, ah, we don't really want to talk about the pandemic, but the pandemic really has obviously shaped our lives for 2020 so so how have you been sort of maintaining and handling everything it's been harder this because we're we're, toronto is currently in lockdown and it's been harder with the second lockdown because um it's the holidays so you know i have in my in my office we have a week of off from work so normally like i didn't get well i'm not in ghana this christmas which you know, it's all good. Uh, but last year at this time, I was in Ghana at Bloom for my Ghanaians. You know where Bloom is at. I, I was at Bloom or wherever, chilling, and now I'm stuck at home. And Netflix is my best friend. But as I keep on saying, Netflix is popping. So <laughs> I have to say, there's so many good shows. So many good shows. So I'm not even mad at that. But it's just knowing that, you know, we can't come together as a group because normally, our group of our group of girls, we would have done a dinner by now somewhere. And normally on the 24th, we go over to our girl's house and we have, she has this whole, she, she makes dinner and it's her dinner, as you know, she broke and throw down. And she can throw down and she would have had a nice Christmas Eve dinner and we would have sat up, talked for hours. And normally every time I've been to her house on Christmas Eve, we, it's been the shittiest, excuse my French, weather ever. Oh, the weather, yes. Oh my it's gosh, so like snowstorm below, and she's downtown, so it's like trekking through the snow and all of that, but it's so, she, it's so warm in her place, the food, conversation, the wine, and to think that here's Eve, I'm going to be stuck in my house, watching Netflix <laughs> this year, kind of sucks. Yeah. But I've loved this year because to quote my best friend, he and I were talking and he said, one of the things he used to do um, as a child is he used to love to spin around in a circle. And as he was spinning around in a circle, everything was so blurry. And so when he finally stopped spinning, things slowly started to get into focus. And that's how it's been like for us in our world. We've been going, going, going in a circle. We haven't had a moment to stop. And the world stopped. And now things are becoming clear and in focus. And even, you know, I've had to go and get healing. You know, I've this year I struggled with um, um, situational depression. So I'm currently um, talking to a psychiatrist because they, you know, I've been struggling with anxiety and all of those things, sleepless nights and I've had breakthroughs and I've realized things that I have been lacking, especially when it comes to relationships with men, what I've been lacking. And it's like, I'm partly the reason. <laughs> so oh, is, is that sort of like what has been the realization kind of thing? For me, that's the awareness I've come into that there is a lot of things that I've been lacking, which is vulnerability and intimacy with people. They always get to, they never, like, I don't think any guy that I've dated with exception with maybe one or two who can say they truly know who I am. 
because I've always kept it surface level. I've had this wall up and I realized that I've had traumas in my past that I'm having to now work through. So um, being still with yourself and really seeing who you really are is a rude awakening because it's so true. When you realize that I'm not this innocent victim or whatever, I I can be a bit of a, you know, something. <laughs> well, I mean, that's such a big step, though, to at least acknowledge it because you're definitely not alone in that. Like everybody has their thing that we don't want to admit is our thing, right? So, yeah. at least you know you've gotten to the point where you can admit you know because most I would say most people don't want to admit that like there's something about them and there's all of us have something about us that so that we stand in our own way yeah most of the time you know so and I'm sure the guys who have ever have ever had some kind of relationship situationship whatever if they do listen to this podcast they're gonna they're gonna be like yes this is it I knew it I just didn't want to talk (laughs) so yes (laughs) yes you're not the only you are not only the you are not the only problem i was too but some of you yeah you were the problem too so of course and and that does come with age too you know like sorry to to age us but it does come with age that like after you just you start to realize that the things that maybe you were holding on to like it's okay to let go it's okay to you know, ego, I always feel ego plays such a big role in so many of the things that we like find important or don't want to let go of or start fresh or heal or whatever the case may be. But ego is very powerful. It is. It is. And we all have it, unfortunately. How about you? How has your 2020 aside from um, surgery? Sorry. Well, yeah, it's been fine. Like, I mean, I always just say that I am healthy otherwise, and so is my family. Mm -hmm. And that's been good. Like, work has been very demanding. And for the role, for the type of work that I do, um, we've said it, we've spoken about it in previous episodes that, like, this year has really been a year of reflection for a lot of people and they've made a lot of shifts in their career and for the role that I do I've really felt it on my end because a lot of people were looking to do a career change and um, in crisis a lot of people the trend is that in crisis um, people go back to school so people have been um, like our application rates for example have just you know they've, they've skyrocketed but um, but it's also made me think about like my own career and mm-hmm. um, and I've had a few like opportunities and interviews this year where I didn't actually think I was capable or qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I thought about like, and so for a few of these roles, I didn't get the offer, but I did, I was able to talk to, you know, why didn't I get these positions and things like that. And it's always whatever reason A, reason B, but you know, it made me realize like, of course I'm worthy. I've been in higher education for almost 20 years. Like, what, why wouldn't I be qualified? And the one thing, the theme for me that I'm trying to work on is, you know, um, like imposter syndrome, you know, really feeling like you're not 
um, good enough and, and uh, like when are we ever fully ready for any given opportunity like you have to learn along the way and um, you have to stretch yourself somebody recently told me about um, this like idea of stretching yourself that you know if you're in your current role for example or any any situation in life where you've been really comfortable um, you're not really stretching yourself because you just you you're, you're so used to it you can do things with your eyes closed sleeping like that kind of stuff and then if it, and it doesn't give you an opportunity to like learn new things um, so you know going into a new situation whether it's a relationship you know um, any sort of new situation it's going to stretch you and that's a good thing and so that's where I'm at right now because I've been you know made a uh, given an opportunity and I'm gonna go through with it and I'm petrified <laughs> I'm actually really quite nervous but what I've realized is like people believe in you like if people believe in you if people have given you this opportunity then there's a reason like they see something in you so um, you should also and that's where I've been like as far as self-reflection with COVID that's where I've been but aside from that I've been following the rules <laughs> I've been wearing masks um, we were speaking earlier about like not um, being in public with people who are not wearing masks or like not wanting to tell people um, that they're in your space just like move yeah. away from them because you know <laughs> you don't want to get beat up for something because the world has really gone mad so aside from that I've just been like I've been laying low you know and trying to stay in my bubble that everything all those yeah. rules I'm trying to adhere to it so it sucks that we have to live like this but it's who would have thought that we would be in December I know when the year started when this whole thing started it didn't even seem possible and the sad reality is we have lost a lot of people along mm -hmm. the way this year but we're still here and so you know who would have thought that we will get to this point where there's now a vaccine and god willing there will be some sense of going back to you know being in gatherings and hearing news like New Zealand has you know overcome this disease they're going back to their large gatherings and all of that you're going to have such an amazing Christmas we it's not something we would th we thought would happen when this came out right so um it's such a short period of time and next year we don't know what next year has to offer we're hoping for things to be better but at least we are we survived it and so for that reason alone it's so temporary it just seems long when you're in it it seems long every time i think about times i've been in situations and i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe it like i'm starting now starting it and then you're like think of university you go in first year like oh my gosh i have four more years of university I can't <laughs> this. and then you graduate and you're like oh my gosh like i did it you know and it, and it goes by so fast like, it goes by so fast but when you're in it it seems like forever and the same way we never thought we'll see december 2020 we are in december 2020 it's exactly a week till christmas today i know and who would have thought like honestly who like thought? you keep saying who honestly would have thought that we would still be in this um yes. it, it seems so surreal and that, i guess like 
that is also a good metaphor for life because we were just going on about our business and going out and our dinners and blah 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 and just like that you know things changed in a, in a blink of an eye and there was yes. like a, shut, a lockdown yes and it, even just reflecting back to the summer you know the summer we were down to like double digits and um and you know we were able to do things and be around each other like remember picnics like we didn't yes. bring masks at that <laughs> no, point no. and like look where we are now six months later and we're married we're wearing masks and we can't even see one another no so. we're back to lockdown like we thought like oh at this time the way the summer was going we're like oh by december we will be in a studio recording <laughs> And it's December. We're back. We're back to Zoom. Thank you, Zoom. You've been wonderful. But we're back to Zoom. And I haven't seen you since I think before we went on. We even had gone when the restaurants shut down. We had to sneak over to Durham to be able to hang out. Oh yes, right, right, right. That was the last time I saw you. That that must have been September. September. Yes, that was September because it was just before after my surgery i think yes it was, so it was before, uh, before my second yeah. surgery and also we had yeah because i even i was yeah it was it was still warm ish that we were able to yeah. sit outside that's right yeah, yeah. and so now wow. it's like we're locked down wearing those heavy damn coats and <laughs> i know and it's true like this weather i mean i love this brisk fresh crisp air but it, like when it's minus i'm just not feeling it on the stand side it will and the sad thing is it gets colder like <laughs> right now it is minus let me check my phone it is literally minus five this is right. nothing this is yeah, like this is nothing yeah nothing it's gonna go down so it is um anyways um now that we've all kind of caught up you know this we wanted to i think this last podcast we wanted to basically just have a top 10 of things that happened or people or thing anyways anything that happened in the in this 2020 just wanted to do a rundown of 10 things not in any particular order not necessarily we didn't capture everything these are 10 things that we felt between you and i were things that are worth talking about or putting into a countdown um not to take away from anything else that happened we might have missed some major um issues but these are our 10 our and it's and it's obviously as it relates to africa or the yes. diaspora exactly so um so the first thing that we want to talk about is africa's handle on the pandemic and um initially well compared some countries in africa are doing a lot better than north america but um overall i don't think it's i think i don't know what are your thoughts, Nicole, on what you think? Well, I mean, like you said, there was, there's, I, I think at one point in, we had it, we had spoken about it in one of our episodes too, that mm. Africa was doing, like Africa as a continent was doing yeah. really well um, with managing cases and 
the there I, I think it was a lot to do with the way that they were enforcing laws and things like that curfews and, and that sort of thing but I think that as time has gone on like I was just reading about South Africa and um, how you know they're going through the second wave and it's like a 60% increase of cases but it's so hard to tell I think anywhere in the world I think it's just really hard to tell with um, you know we spoke about before like how many people are actually being tested and then are these backlogs um, but they did say that it was as a result of like you know people kind of just not adhering to the guidelines and having more get-togethers yeah. and of course like it's not you know get-togethers with two or three or four five mm -hmm. people it's like large groups of people so I think that um, Africa as a continent was doing much better in comparison they always used to be when when like um physicians used to talk about how the world is doing africa was always there as like a good example along with australia places like that i think like thailand and some parts of asia um and like malaysia like i guess maybe smaller places were doing better but now you know things are for the most part are i don't think that it's did you know Africa as, as, as a whole is doing as well. But I think that it's obviously the whole world. We're in this like second wave, I guess with the exception of New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, and I guess we'll kind of talk about Madagascar yeah. too, but um, I think that it's hard. It's hard to, you know, stay locked up. And for example, in South Africa, at one point, like people weren't allowed to, by alcohol, by cigarettes. And I know that that's not something, you know, I personally um, agree with as far as like, I don't smoke and, and I don't smoke, but I think that's really hard because it's an addiction. Yeah. And, you know, you're literally saying to people in a, it's a good intention, but I don't think that that's the outcome was what they were expecting. Like, do you really think people who have always smoked are just going to stop now because they can't buy it the legal way kind of thing they're yeah. going to find ways to do it so yeah so i think unfortunately that the continent as a whole is not doing so well but of course there are certain you know countries in africa that are doing better than others so i think the idea was when covid hit they thought it will ravage africa and basically destroy it you know when ebola hit it devastated the parts of africa that got it but it's not, it hasn't devastated Africa to the extent like North America or in, in the US we're seeing ridiculous numbers, you know, in Brazil, the numbers are, you know, astronomical in India and all of those countries. And in Africa, like I know today, I can only speak on Ghana. I saw today in Ghana, the active cases were 956. And in total, they've had about 63 deaths, give or take. Right. Three deaths. If we had that in Canada in total, we would be outside right now, not being on lockdown. So it is amazing that in Africa, the number, it hasn't devastated the continent the way they expected it to be. They expected it to see dead bodies lying on the ground, right. mass graves, all of that. And we're not seeing that. I see in Ghana right now, 
you know, it's the holidays, people are traveling into Ghana, people are having big, their big events happening and all of those things. And I think it's just lifestyle. I think people have built some form of immunity whatsoever. So it hasn't ravaged the continent as it has in North America, in the Western world. Where yeah. we're supposed to be in yes, Europe is, you know, I, I um, yeah, so I think that's what it is. So I think for that reason alone, Africa is doing well. Because right, in comparison. Yes, in like, comparison to the rest of the world. For a third world continent, yes. Yeah, and as, as, as people call it third world or like developing, which, you know, whatever, that's a different conversation. <laughs> but like I can tell you, for example, Africa, Africa as a continent currently has 2,464,000 and a bit cases Active. with just yeah and with just over 57,000 deaths but in comparison to like Europe Europe has 23 million mm -hmm. 285 and change cases and you know over 500,000 deaths so i agree with you completely i mean the numbers show it right there and it's so true because it is, there was this expectation that countries, prov uh, provinces, continents like Africa wouldn't fare so well. Mm -hmm. So it's a really, it's a prime example of, of um, the continent really doing well in comparison I mean, to those numbers, like what you, like what Africa is doing, that's like one state alone in the U.S. <laughs> I know, it's <laughs> so true. Alone, that, those are their numbers. So if you're comparing it to even the United States, at the whole, as of all the 53 countries, that's the number. That is just one state in the U.S. I mean, yeah. it's a bit of an exaggeration, you know? But, it's, but it is true. Devastatingly scary it is. But they've had, as a whole, 50-something thousand deaths, if I'm not, as you just said. America, they're on what? How many people have died? in the yeah. in day like in a day i know Jesus. it's it's really astronomical but i don't know about you and i think we may have spoken about this before and i laugh i laugh not because it's funny it's almost just like the disbelief um for example when it was like uh the u.s thanksgiving mm -hmm. just the amount of people that just did yes. not care and they were just like having parties and like some places still have clubs open yes and, you know, so I'm, I mean, it's just, it's baffling to me because as the world is like slowly dying, there are people that are just out there partying like it's nothing. It is. And it is in the U.S. It know? is in the U.S. This is right next door to us. You know, compared to Canada, we are doing much better than the U.S., but as a whole, we're not doing that great. Our numbers are going up every single day. Um but it's so surprising the third world place where you know we expected it to be they're just like my parents were like my parents came again to my dad came for his doctor's appointments my mom too just um ending of october towards november and they couldn't wait wait to go back because they, they felt safer in ghana <laughs> <laughs> well you know what it's a good lesson to just like about um it, the ignorance of of people of the media yeah. to assume that you know a, 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 a continent like Africa or Africa will just not do as well in comparison. Exactly. So, but um, 
so the next yes the next one on our list um is akon creating a wakanda city in senegal yes so that's pretty amazing i know that it's i guess it's been in the works since 2018 mm -hmm. uh, it's six billion six billion in sustainable a sustainable smart city in senegal so what do you think about that i think it's amazing i am excited and i know that something similar like that is being built in it's in talks to being built in ghana as well so okay. to know that this is something that africa is you know becoming a place where we're creating our wakanda you know even though it's a fictional place but to know that africa is we have lead people in africa who are trying to make it great and i listen if it, i'm i don't have a problem moving to senegal at this point i will move <laughs> um you know like it makes it for the imagery of africa for so many years has been always war-torn um impoverished um famine disease infected continent and to see like if those of us who grew up in africa or came from africa we know that it's not the, the case so to see this man who came from the united states said hey thank you very much i'm going back home to make a difference and i wish more of us would see that this is what we need to build our own countries we need to build our countries and make it places where it's attractive for us to go to so i'm glad this is happening and i pray that more of these um wakanda like cities um sprout up in africa and every single day i'm just like yeah i think the universe is telling me it's time to start planting seeds to move back home considering and, yeah you know, <laughs> as an option so this is I well think for for Akon, he um, he he hopes to actually, um, you know, to do it in in other parts. Um, he wants Akon branded smart cities throughout Africa. So I think, you know, banking on this one <clears throat> being a success that he plans to. But just like a little bit about the city itself, it's so it's going to be a two thousand acre waterfront oasis. Like that just sounds amazing. And if you've gone to the website it's very futuristic um, looking but it's it the purpose is to serve uh, as a hub for business and tourism so and I, I'm really I thought it was really um, interesting and very good play on words of the currency that <laughs> residents are able to use called an a coin <laughs> um, so it's an a coin and people will be able to pay for like transportation basic utilities business licenses and even their taxes so that'll be i mean that's amazing that's amazing for senegal but it's it's even more amazing for africa yes yes so. i shoot i might have to find me a senegalese man <laughs> <laughs> i don't have a problem moving to senegal even though senegal i know that their population is very um the, the predominant religion is islam i think if i'm not mistaken and they're french-speaking but hey right doesn't matter it, you know but i i think this is definitely worth being on a top 10 list this is oh 100 percent. like can you just imagine 
yeah, especially for 2020. But do you know, because I'm not, I'm not sure, I didn't, I wasn't sure of like where it's at in its build. So is it already uh, I think like live in, kind of thing or? I think it's in the, I think they've announced it. I think maybe they've cut the spot, but I think it's now in the developmental stages. So I don't think it's something that's happening within the next two years. It might be in the next okay. five years. So it, it is definitely, um, I think work has started, but there's still a lot to have to go. Hopefully it doesn't take as long as the Metrolinx thing. <laughs> love how you're comparing it to Metrolinx. Yeah, like, 50 years already. <laughs> or, or we can say, or like the construction on Eglinton West. Yes. Like, it's still going and it's been like 10 years. I go back 10 years ago. It will be eight next January 18th since I moved back to Canada. And when I moved to Canada seven years ago, it was still being like it was still under construction. It is 2020 and it's still under construction. Are, like, you, are, you, are you talking about Metrolinx? I'm talking about Metrolinx. <laughs> have said not enough research has been made but some of the locals believe that it was one of that they used to drink it and it works but it's why it's on our top 10 list is because it was definitely newsworthy and like in the middle of a pandemic there was no cure there was no remedy there was no vaccine it's here that a country as my very small island country like madagascar um, came out with a treatment and it's not viable or anything, but it was news that it came out of Africa. And that, for that reason, I feel it was worth coming on to our top 10. And it wasn't as though it was something that um, is, is brand new because it apparently was used for the treatment of it has been being used as a therapy for the treatment of malaria since 2001. Mm -hmm. So it's not to say that it was just like a, a quick fix. It is. Yeah. It has a reputation, and it, like historically, it, it's worked for something like malaria. So um, it's just another great example of like Africa, you know, showing improving uh, before any other country mm -hmm. that there's like other attempts or means because it wasn't completely um you know it wasn't completely put off as no this is not going to work but of course with anything you just need more 
evidence research-based yeah. evidence to like really to really prove that but it's i guess it's like a herbal tea yeah it was a um, tea. i know people are there was some controversy in that people were profiting off of it but i mean like people profit off of anything and everything so i'm not surprised and i am you know so they, there was like a, a herbal tea called COVID Organics mm -hmm. and it was deemed as the African cure for COVID-19. So it's this plant, the same plant that they're using, you know, for, um, for this malaria, people are, are using it to uh, make a tea, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I don't know, I don't, I, I feel like we profit off of everything and anything we can. <laughs> so I don't know. I know that with Africa, a lot of people have been using herbal treatments to um, cure or to treat COVID. Um, I know like, you know, I think my auntie, for instance, she said um, ginger, lemon, um, ginger, lemon, cloves, whatever, a few garlic. Um, some people have been using like peppers and like the scotch bonnet type peppers and they've been mixing it and they've been drinking it and within like three days they've gotten rid of symptoms so i think that is another reason why africa hasn't been devastated because you know the nim tree i remember growing up my grandmother used to boil the nim tree with ginger and lemon in a pot for like god knows how many hours and we used to drink that nasty concoction <laughs> and um <laughs> And we didn't get malaria. And so I know people are using herbal medicine to treat it, especially when it's in the very early stages, like, you know, mild to no symptoms or moderate symptoms. To treat. And with severe treatment um, symptoms, people have been using herbal medicine and it's helped. So I'm not going to completely knock it, you know, and I think everything in this world can be cured through herbal medicine, just that it's not promoted enough because, you know, pharmaceuticals make money from it, from medication. And, and I mean, like, if you look at um, indigenous, uh, like indigenous um, medicine or Chinese medicine, like obviously a lot of it is herbal and alternative mm -hmm. um, like treatment options and things like that. So it's not as though it's anything new, but like you say, you know, it's driven by, by money and um, this need to obviously make money off of pharmaceutical companies. So of course these things won't be pushed into the spotlight. It's yeah. always um, the traditional medicines that were given, which are drugs and, and those sorts of treatments and immunity therapies. So, and it's like, it's very common in with, with cancer patients too, yeah. to obviously use like alternative medicine. So, but, um, so yeah, so good for Madagascar, honestly. Yeah, good on Madagascar, uh, out with it, you know, whatever, if it's helping, let it help. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, so the next one is, uh, what is number four? One, one, two, three, four. So how do you pronounce your name? Bozoma? Bozoma. Ozuma. I don't want to butcher it, but um, so she's has become the, the Netflix chief marketing officer, which is no surprise. Like she's she's 
obviously done so well in other roles. Like, you know, it's so funny. Okay, so wait, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I got a little excited over her story because so Netflix announced in the summer that um, she was appointed as the chief marketing uh, operator. Mm -hmm. And um, so she left Endeavor agency and then she was also uh so she was the cmo at endeavor and the chief brand officer at uber so i remember in one of my courses i did a marketing certificate i did it on uber and at the time um i was so impressed because she was you know taking over the role and i and and then i read that there was like a few people who didn't even make it through a year they were just going through like senior leadership like crazy and I was like, I was so impressed by her because I was like, wow, Uber at the time was just getting such a bad yeah. rep for all these issues and things like that. And she took on the challenge. She was like, no sweat for me. I just took on a challenge. And so I really, I thought this was amazing that she's, you know, has such a, a crucial role in, in Netflix, which look yeah. how important it's Netflix has become. <laughs> The content has improved. It's a it Every time black women take over a job, they bring, they make it better. We are always saving everybody. And she came and she has made Netflix so much better than it was. So yeah. Uh, this is this is black girl magic. This is African magic. This is Ghanaian girl magic. You know I'm right, because she was born in Ghana. Right. Yeah, she's a Ghanaian. So I'm that I'm proud, proud, proud proud Ghanaian woman. <laughs> you know, breaking glass ceilings and, you know, stomping on them. And for that yeah. reason, we have to give her her due. Um, I follow her on social media and you just see the things that she's doing. Like, I like the, her fearlessness and I like how she demands what is her, like, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't cower. She's not, there's no like I'm being this humble person, like the Ghanaian person, we're always taught to be so humble and, you know, like she's like, no, 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 no. If I, I'm going for it. And I watched an interview, I think when she was, she got the job at um, Uber, she was talking about negotiating for salary. And she was saying that you, normally they say they bring a number and you negotiate. She's like, no, she puts her number out there and it's always so high. And obviously, you know the range and how high they can go. So you, she throws it out there, and then she no, she negotiates down. She doesn't negotiate. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know? exactly. Or she negotiates, yeah. So something like that around those areas. But she basically said, I'm going to hit you. If it's that you're going to pay me a million, she's going to start like, no, I think I deserve. And, yeah, and, cl and clearly she does, because what she has done at each of these, like, huge organizations is she's definitely made a mark she was yeah. also the marketing executive at apple music in yes. 2017 yes so yes. like she's been at some pretty big uh companies so yes. it's not surprising that she's like you know at one of the i would say the most spoken about <laughs> um companies and organizations especially during covid so she's definitely uh it's good that we're hailing her out on this. Yes, definitely. I think that's great news. So moving on to Nigeria, my second favorite African country, um, <laughs> for very unnecessary reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, Andrew, why don't you share why it's your favorite? Well, you know, well, I'm part, there's a little bit of heritage there as well, but, you know, I just love the Nigerian men. But anyways, <laughs> moving on. Um, this June, we had the 11-year-old ballet dancer, Anthony Mensoma Madu, was filmed barefoot spinning and leaping around, and he became a viral sensation. And for a country that is very much into gender roles, for this young child to come out spinning and twirling, um, uh, dancing ballet, which is a very feminine thing, at least in the African's eyes, um, and doing it. And he landed a prestigious scholarship in America. And I remember we talked about him on our podcast he was uh, um, African excellence. So it's so amazing that he is on our list. And that for that reason, um, he's definitely opened the doors for a lot of young boys and people not to hide that it's not just girls who dance ballet, but boys can dance it too. So, um, and, and his mother was really supportive of, um, of him doing it. And I remember her advice to other parents was just to be open and to be supportive and to be supportive of your child you never know like where they're going to excel so it was really beautiful to see and it was incredible that this video went so viral Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. 11 years old like gosh so that's pretty amazing too that is definitely amazing Uh, the next one i mean it's uh, it's definitely important. It's it's unfortunate that this is still going on, but it is the end uh, SARS movement. So this is the uh, the social movement in Nigeria, and it's a series of mass protests against uh, police brutality in Nigeria specifically. Uh, so this I can't recall now. It must have been when was it? I mean, a couple months ago, where it was just, it was really prevalent in the news and all across social media. And I have to say that, I mean, the Twitter campaign using the hashtag and SARS um, was really put on spotlight to demand the disbanding of the unit by the Nigerian government. So I feel like, uh, especially young people have done such a good job at really making this a global thing and not just keeping it sort of, you know, quote unquote, or metaphorically in the four walls of Nigeria where this is happening. Mm -hmm. So it's really unfortunate that this continues to happen. I was just reading the other day that like a lot of, um, I mean, this is the whole point of the movement, but um, that even like within silent protests, you know, people are just being shot dead which is extremely unfortunate. But what I appreciate about this movement is that it's just reached such a global audience and like lots of celebrities and just, you know, I won't put the, um, I won't sort of just praise celebrities for spreading the message, but just people in general have really been tuned in to what's happening um, for this movement. I think the beauty about, and and, and I know it's difficult to find beauty in a situation like this because of the number of lives that were lost prior or have been harassed prior to this thing becoming a movement. But the beauty of it is you have Nigerian youths, it doesn't matter, or Nigerians in general, it doesn't matter your social economic status or whether you live in Nigeria or not, or what neighborhood you live in, that they have come together and they're like, enough is enough. 
And this is what, when you think of Africa and especially countries like Ghana and Nigeria, where we are very, we're very respectful of our governments and we try not to disrupt things there. And they're stand, and if you think about our parents, they were not, our parents didn't protest. They did, even my generation, when growing up, we weren't, we wouldn't have been doing this, but to see this next generation are like, is enough is enough. We, we're done. We don't care who's in power. We have to um, challenge authority if they're not doing the right thing. And it's such a beautiful thing to see that people are not just going to take anything anymore. It's like, if they don't like it, they're speaking up against it. And they started as a nonviolent protest. This is not, we're not there knocking on Buhari's door and, you know, beating him up or whatever. It just started, we've, enough is enough. Let's get together and stop this from happening. Stop killing us. Stop mistreating us. I should be okay to walk down the street with my iPhone and not be stopped. Unless you've heard that there's a robbery somewhere, that is the role of the anti-robbery, is to prevent robberies, but not to stop young kids on the street and harass them and kill them because they have a nice belt or they drive a nice car or whatever. As long as it's not, it's not a robbery, whatever, like, do your job. But I know that they're also frustrated because they're underpaid. So in when you see somebody who's younger than you, who is, has the possession, worldly possessions you can't afford to have, I know it's annoying, but what is that, how is that your business? Yeah, and I think too, like, um, it's, it's obviously a huge abuse of power, you yes, know, clearly, to be able yes. to use your position like that to, um, to do that to, like, it, innocent people just walking down the street on their cell phone um one thing i did like you said it's really hard to find the beauty in situations like this but there there was out of this um there was something called the there was a digital exhibition called new nigeria studios um, which was launched at a virtual edition of art um, lagos fair in december and the reason why i bring that up was because there was a new hashtag um, or a popular hashtag that was derived from it called New Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And it was it was really to show uh, social media during the demonstrations, but to speak about like uh, Nigerians specifically during this time, but to show resilience, determination and commitment. So it was a series of different um, artists and photographers. And so it's it is hard to obviously see the like the good in people or just when things are so sad and people are like getting murdered and abused and you just hear all these horrible stories that have happened during this time. But, you know, in, in a lot of the pain, this is where people really do show their resilience and find ways to, um, to survive, even just like for your own mental, like your sanity, just to be able to survive. So, yes. you know, I think that was, that was really beautiful. Um, and maybe we'll link that too, because it is actually really nice to see um, all these beautiful pictures it's 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 crazy because it's beautiful pictures amid among the protests yeah. you know but like those yeah. pictures really can be um thought-provoking in ways to look at yes. so so on to something a bit more happier is black is king 
And people are going to say, well, what has that Beyonce got to do with it? And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but she celebrated Africa. And people can agree and disagree. This is just an argument that it, there's two sides to it. But she used local African talents in her production of Black is King. And I even know one of them, one of the directors she used in Ghana, producers in Ghana personally. So it was just so having to see using, first of all, she brought together African talent. I mean, African um, musicians. Some of them obviously are quite popular globally, but a lot of them, some of us were not aware of them until this album came out. So it was good to see and to see the beauty of Africa. And a lot of these were shot on location in Africa. Um, some of them were shot in her studio or in her home in, in the U.S., but most of them were, she used scenes from Africa, African talent, African dancers, African designers. I mean, it was just celebration of Africa, African excellence. And for that, it deserves to be on the list. So that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I know that... Uh with everything with good there's always going to be like critics and that's fair you know people are completely allowed to voice their opinion on it but like you said um some of the places were nigeria ghana and south africa and of course in her in her studio the, i think the controversy came from people feeling it was like too stereotypical of what um i read one girl's tweet actually that said like she's just sick and tired of seeing um animal print as a representation for for Africa, but we did speak to um, was it Lady May we spoke yeah. to, and we were talking about the opportunities that it created for so many people. I think we were in, uh, referencing it into uh, with Ghana, like just so many opportunities that it gave jobs, that it gave to people. So I mean, it, like nobody's ever going to get anything perfect, but I think it was like beautiful. It was just beautiful. Beyonce always delivers, but. Yeah. It's just really beautiful to see how she, um, how she highlighted Africa. But you know, people are definitely entitled to their opinions. I mean, sure. Jesus Christ got cri cri um, criticized too. So I mean, <laughs> in the human nature, you can't please everyone. And you know, people I, even with our list, people will disagree with our list. But at the end of the day, um, you, as she put out content, she involved, she could have done. All of this in America, she would have used American singers and producers and faked away that this is Africa, not gotten anything that was authentically African. She said, no, I'm going to use African talent. I'm going to be a part and give people opportunities. And I know it's opened doors for certain people that it will never have opened doors for them. So for that reason, hey, it was creation of jobs in 2020. It was good to see something positive other than COVID and BLM and all of that. So for that reason, if we had a short break of celebrating Africa, I will take it compared to everything else that was happening in the world. So. Somebody actually said that uh, she, um, she was actually, it was cultural appropriation, which I find interesting. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> The girl is African. Like black people in, in America, I am sorry, they are African. They're right. them from Africa. 
So they may not have experienced, they may not have citizenship to Africa or can be directly called Africans, but somebody got on a slave ship and brought them to the US and all of them stem from a, somebody from Africa. So please, I don't see cultural approval. If this was Adele who did this blackest king, and that's where I will say it's cultural appropriation. Yeah. But Beyonce, she didn't appropriate anything. She's African in her, she's down African somewhere. You know, I'm sure she's from Ghana. So if she does her roots, she find out she's from Africa. <laughs> and I think too, like you said, imagine if she did this in, um, in the US, at, in her studios or whatnot, people would definitely have something to say about like the representation um, of Africa by people who aren't, who are American, you know, as opposed to like from the continent born and raised. So we never, yeah, like we never win, but she did a, a really beautiful visual job, I think. Um, and the music, I think actually, um, it wasn't, you know, Black is King, but I think it was actually Beyonce <laughs> that kind of got us in this, uh, this like frame of mind to do a podcast yes i think it was after the lion king or whatever like we're like beyonce is here celebrating africa why are we not doing it so yeah exactly like we were born there so why aren't we so thank you beyonce for starting our podcast (laughs) exactly inspiration comes from like the places we never expected to so exactly so child I, I don't know i'm tired people some people are too damn woke they need to sleep so yeah. <laughs> um moving on so this year miss universe um was from south africa um her name is zozibini tunzi of south africa so she is a south african model and beauty pageant title holder who was crowned uh miss universe and um Sorry, so she was previously Miss South Africa, and she is the third woman from South Africa to win the title and the first Black woman um, since Angolan Lila Lopez, who was crowned in 2011. So this was really important for many reasons, but also because um, one thing that I found really interesting was that leading up to um, the competition, she was even told to cover up her natural hair, and people were... Um, encouraging her to put a weave on and she was like no you know so I thought that that was was really important she's a a huge advocate for gender equality and the greater representation of black women in the beauty realm so um, so yeah I thought that was definitely worthy of our top 10 because I think she's for sure breaking barriers especially in a country like South Africa where it's so controversial it continues to be so controversial and you know, I am a South African who hasn't stepped foot in South Africa in a long time, um, but I can tell you that I have family, you know, I speak to family members there, and it's very different, our perception, um, me being somebody who's, you know, in Canada, a Canadian South African, and um, they, them being there in South Africa, so I thought that this was extremely important. I know I was really proud and happy that she was crowned Miss Universe, and I think that it should be um, encouraging and motivating to other women to not have to cover up or like straighten their hair, or perm their hair, or put on a weave or anything like that. Like she's beautiful as she is. So I think also that most of the times, at least from 
previous years, at least when I remember watching Miss Universe, Miss South Africa has always been a white person. Yeah. So, she has, from what I remember, too. Yeah, so for her to be a black South African with natural hair, and I believe she has short natural hair, is yeah. so monumental that, you know, the standard of beauty is shifting because this year alone, Miss Universe, Miss World, Miss America have all been black women with, you know, so it's um, the standard of people are now beginning to see that black is beautiful. And for her to win Miss Universe, one of the biggest titles in pageant world, um, I think it's even higher than the Miss, Uni Miss World title. It's quite amazing. And I know it's not just about beauty, but predominantly it's always been a beautiful woman who's won the title. So for her to win it, it's finally people are coming around that the standard of beauty is not white, blonde, blue-eyed. It is every type of person. And I know India has won most of the time, but the standard of beauty is there's no standard of beauty. Beauty is really all shapes and colors and um thank god some black girl magic has been 2020 has been a year where we are black women are stepping up and trying to listen we ain't up we've been in the background too long it's time you see us so thank god well, well it's interesting because like um like a country like south africa where it is you know very uh, again you know and maybe i'm somebody that like i'm i'm i read i just read so it's like i'm i'm just speaking from um i'm not there to actually witness but i just find it interesting because when i was looking up looking this up earlier um you know the the person who has now won miss south africa who's going to represent for you know next year kind of thing i mean it's it's back to a white woman <laughs> so it's like it's it is honestly really um she's beautiful no doubt like she's beautiful but it just really goes back to you know who's always really taken the crown regardless of especially like miss usa i think this year though was the first year where it was like all black women miss yeah, USA, miss universe miss world miss america which is, yeah yeah which is amazing but it goes back to us saying like we've spoken about this before too we're like is it because this is the year where things have been shooken up a little and now you know everybody's kind of like we we have to make sure there's representation and we just hope that it, it doesn't go back to quote-unquote normal right um but you know i will like i will give south africa the benefit of the doubt that it was just all fair play you know and she's just this new miss south africa is just um somebody that is brains and beauty but it's it's not I'm not surprised that it's, you know, back to sort of like what the typical epitome of beauty. I knew it wasn't going to last long. Anyway. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not optimistic about Black people being seen. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 thing. 2020 is because everything is so still. The yeah. world, so people are now, it's looking. But when we go back to the rapid pace of life again, it will soon, people won't notice anymore and so they can brush it aside. Or even if we do notice, it's like, listen, uh, we have to go back to doing, people are not going to sit and fight things. So 
I don't think it's it's going to be a lasting impact. I hate to be the I know, I know, I know. You know, but you know, I mean, it's slowly turning around to like, yeah, let's we gave them we gave them twenty twenty. Let's take the, whatever, but <laughs> let's go back to the status quo. But you know what? You said that um, I actually do love watching Miss Universe. I love watching the pageants. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's oftentimes like the South American countries and Central American countries yes. that win. Like yeah. Venezuela tends to win a lot. Puerto Rico yes. tends to win a lot. Um, but it would be nice to like see, like you said, some consistency. Yeah, so you know? just really so. like let it move around because beauty is not just because even with Venezuela, I've always and I might be mistaken, but I always see them as it's always a blonde or a lighter, a very fair, yeah, fair skin, lighter-haired woman who wins. So she she passes off more white than she does, you know, South American with those features and whatever. So for me you know it's it's the same thing you know so it's good to see that there is the the, the skin tone the, the, there's more melanin coming out yeah and even like when you i'm just i'm i i'm saying this because i'm looking at like the last the winners for the last 20 years for example and the last time there were like two dark skinned women that won like back to back year to year was 1998 was miss trinidad and tobago and then in 99 was Miss Botswana. But every, like, you can, like, there's, that's two out of 20. So then was social media such a thing that how no, many people were really aware that this had happened, you know, unless you watched it. But now it was yeah. like, even if you didn't watch it, the minute it happened, we saw it because of social media. So it became more, they didn't get to be, they were not as I think and forgive me again, I don't think they got the recognition and the celebration that they deserve, like how these women have been celebrated and been recognized globally, like this is who these women are. Yeah, and it's important, like I know we talk about this because, you you know, not everybody watches these pageants, but um, it sets the tone for like what the, the standard of beauty is, right? And and it's it's more influential than we really think it's almost like this unconscious obviously this unconscious bias like I'm even looking at Miss Philippines like when you think about and again it's not like broad brushing Filipinos but oftentimes like a lot of Filipinos are are uh, there's a large population who are pretty dark-skinned right or dark-skinned Filipinos and like this she's beautiful don't get me wrong but she like she could totally look white you know and uh, again, colorism happens in so many countries where it's like African countries and Caribbean countries, you know, countries where the predominant race is black, mm-hmm. but colorism still happens. And we know that this, the way people are treated in countries where like the predominant race is black, that lighter skinned people are still treated differently. Mm-hmm. So it, it really impacts us in more ways than one, but Miss Universe is one way. But anyways, all the circle back that we're very proud of South Africa yes. um, being the uh, the winner there. So. Yes, indeed. Um, and funny enough, the Leila Lopez she added me on social media on Instagram. Oh no way! Yes, <laughs> right now, like a few years ago. Um, I think you told me that actually. I think I did. <laughs> so I'm like. 
you know, I follow her too, but I really don't understand a lot of things because it's all in Portuguese. But hey, I have a Miss World Universe following me on social media, so that's. <laughs> and actually, just to correct it, this is it was Miss Universe for 2019, but you know, she's like her reign is from 2019 to it's 2020. 2020. Yeah. So I think it'll happen. the The competition happens again in December of this year. So there'll yeah. be a new Miss Universe. Um, but you know what? We are not endorsing this. Like, let's move on yes. to the next. This is not, like <laughs> I said, this, this list was, you know, listen. Um, so the next thing, again, we go back to Netflix. Um, seems like Netflix has been really getting their act together, and they have appointed their first African to its board of directors. And it's a Zimbabwean billionaire, Strive Masiwa to its board, adding to its first African director as it looks to new markets for future growth. And he is, or she or he, is mm-hmm. he is the founder and executive chairman, chairman of Econet Global, a telecommunications company that operates across Africa, Asia, Europe, Latin America. Um, so yeah, so um, this is another win for Netflix. You know, and it's an African, he's a billionaire, but hey, He's an African <laughs> So that's a big deal because to be on the board of directors is, you know, you are a stakeholder in the company. You are, yes. So that's a big deal. That is. Yeah, a- and it's just like, uh, you know, hopefully he's obviously going to make an impact on the type of content that comes out, but also the availability of some a streaming, yes, a streaming provider like this. So it does, you know. It, uh, and I'm not sure in all of Africa, but it, it says here that Netflix isn't like the main go-to for streaming in yeah. comparison to the rest of the world. So if we're comparing like billions of people that watch it, it's only a couple million in Africa that stream using Netflix. I think but, it's um, Ghana. I think it was just like last year that they got Netflix. I think Ghana and Nigeria. So it's not like where we've had Netflix for years, they just got it. So it makes, it's a big deal. Now, even it was just last year that we started to see more African movies coming on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Cause I love watching the Niger- I like I have it all like reminders. Whenever they become available, I'm like quick to watch those. So it's great yeah. because back on TV, you don't get African content. So to have this access, to put a lot of African movies on the map as well and African stars and opportunities and I'm seeing cross pollination of actors from North America going to Africa to be movies so this is such a win and I really I'm proud of Netflix because they have their CMO is African now one of their board board members is African board directors is African they're they're really and they have a lot of black content on netflix as well i've noticed like i I don't know how i'm sure in comparison to the u.s netflix there's even more black content but i've noticed too there is a lot more and again regardless of if it's because of just the way that everything has been going in 2020 Mm -hmm. um who like i i personally think like who cares at this point because um, it's there, you know, and yeah. it, it just like 
it needs to continue that's where we need yeah. to see like the consistency of it so it's really great that it's been super like evident in 2020 but yes. we need to see that it continues i've noticed too a lot of um movies from south africa mm-hmm. have been yes. popping up i keep seeing that being advertised so that's interesting and it's a win also for netflix because they're obviously broadening their reach right mm-hmm. so if it is um you know they're gonna add customers in asia and africa i mean they would be stupid to not add somebody on their board of directors um, from Africa. So, um, so, and I think we should really, you know, Netflix should be reaching out to us already because we've mentioned them twice. So. I mean, like, I'm, I'm expecting a call on Monday or even in 2021. Like, can we give you guys a show? Like, what are they waiting for? I'm a call. Well, you know what? Put it out in the universe. Put it out there, Adra. 2021, 2022, you're going to hear your your girls are going to have a Netflix show. Yes. <laughs> it's out there. Oh, I co-signed that. So. My right now. <laughs> She's, I follow her, but I'm going to be extra friendly with her. <laughs> you know what? We should just start putting, like, on our post, we should just put Netflix and hashtag yes. Netflix, hashtag ad, <laughs> and they'll think that we're supposed to be a part of the payroll. So. Exactly. So, hey. 2021 2022 it's it's coming um and then finally again this is just it's not limited to these 10 particular topics we've brought up the continent itself and african people and the diaspora have done so many great things throughout um 2020 especially but in um where is this so the world health organization is celebrating that the African continent is finally free of the wild polio virus, which is 24 years after Nelson Mandela helped Rotary International, the Rotary International launch um, called Kick Polio Out of Africa campaign. And it's the eradication of the second virus um, from the face of the continent since smallpox 40 years ago. So this is just another example of how Africa has like spearheaded and has sort of pioneered again been the leaders in eradicating something obviously so serious like the polio virus which I had never heard of before <laughs> um, yeah, a, lot of, a lot of um, at least in, growing up in Ghana and I, I knew someone personally who suffered from polio and polio is yeah. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but one limb or both limbs, like if you look at their legs, is extremely skinny. So, it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they have to, there's, I don't know what, you know, but they can't really, so they're um, disabled because of that. Yeah. So well, I, I know. I know like even on I know of polio I didn't know of this particular like strain specifically yeah so I wonder how it affects people um how this one affects people but how amazing is that to say that you've literally eradicated um a virus off of a whole continent and let's pray that COVID is one of those that also just get kicked out too so and you know all the other devastating diseases so we're praying that this is why um you know science is very important because we have people who are working day in day out to fight and eradicate diseases 
from our planet, from our continent. So this is amazing news. I mean, it's a great way to end up our top 10. <laughs> yeah, in a, like a, a pandemic in a virus infected 2020. <laughs> yes. we, can, we can end yeah. off on, on a, like a good note that yes. there is hope, you know. There so is hope. There is hope. I think yeah. we can, it can, we, this can be gone. We can live in a world where there's no such thing as COVID or any other disease. We just, it takes time. It just it takes does. time. And, and we have to be patient and we do have to adhere to these crazy yes. um, guidelines and we really have to limit being anti-maskers. I know everybody's entitled to their beliefs, but, you know, wearing a mask really does help. So It does. It does. And it's, you know, if it's the smell that kills you, then, you know, you need to up <laughs> your oral hygiene. I'm sorry, but like, do you know, like, you know, not to just like go off topic, but that breath doesn't really just because you have a mask on doesn't mean people still can't smell bad breath <laughs> you know what <laughs> you're so funny and you know what if you can smell somebody's bad breath through a mask then you're too close so that too is an indication in the elevator about. in my building <laughs> and our elevators are you've seen my building the elevator mm -hmm. they're small my elevators are quite small so you can only really fit two people like safe distance two people and this guy was like so like when I get on the elevator, I don't care if you have a mask on or whatever, I'm standing as furthest away from you as possible. And I think he was breathing really hard and just <laughs> I was like, Lord, let it hit the tenth floor, let it get to the tenth floor so I can get off. It was so bad. And I was like, dang, you have a mask on? He like if I'm smelling it, how the hell can you not smell it? And I knew it wasn't my breath because I had I was chewing gum, so I could smell the peppermint in my gum. How do that? I could. You know what? I actually grew up with somebody. Not grew up. Um, somebody in my twenties had like extreme bad breath and uh you know i'm i feel like i'm such a polite person like i didn't know how to address this but he actually ended up telling me that he had something called halitosis halitosis uh, i guess halitosis yeah yeah that's like really bad and he was taking like medication for it and everything yeah it's, so. it's an internal thing i think it comes from like the gases in your stomach mm. you know so like sometimes people who suffer from ulcers and all of those things it just comes out but it's treatable it is very treatable and sometimes people have um you know like rotten teeth and so many reasons why people yeah. have bad breath but it's i think it's more unpleasant for those around you than it is oh, yeah. for you know the person themselves too if they're conscious of it it's difficult but i think we all know like i always make sure i have gum in my bag and mint in my bag because you never know like just and you know what okay i've always scraped my tongue like mm -hmm. when i'm brushing yes. my teeth but yes. you know what yeah. this year yes this year um i'm just looking it up because i want to say it properly um i invested in a copper tongue scraper oh there's such a thing so, yes so there's um it's literally looks like a like a v mm -hmm. and it's copper and it's supposed to be much better um 
for your t like ob for obvious reasons like you're just getting rid of the bacteria but it, it really makes you enjoy your food more and all sorts of benefits but i was reading up on it and so i you know i bought myself and my partner um so that we can you know have <laughs> like really good breath but yeah that was a thing i didn't know you know i just used to use my toothbrush before yeah, so I, I mean, I, I bought the tongue scraper and I use an electric toothbrush and then I floss and I use mouthwash. And, you know, when even with the virus, they found out that with the mouthwash, um, it can kill some of it can kill the coronavirus if it's still in your mouth. Really? And so one of the articles I read, they said it, there's going to be like um, an increase of mouthwash, people buying mouthwash. And I'm like, how is it going to, like, isn't it part of everybody's daily, like, oral, like, why should the, you know, more people be discovering mouthwash? I understand if it's, if you're not, but like, in the West, it's, you go to a dentist, they tell you, you have to fluff, brush, and use mouthwash. How is it that you don't know, like, I don't know. Oh, I know, I know. You know, I think, like, we just have to assume that everybody doesn't know. I always think like that, like, because some of the most basic common sense things you would think people know, but, you know, honestly, like, people just don't know. Somebody could be listening to this and say, like, how did this girl not know about a, a copper tongue scraper? I, like, I don't um, know. I mean, I, I used to, at least I use a tongue scraper, but right. I don't use a copper one. So I'm about to, I just saw one for $5. So thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I got I got one on I think I'm not gonna I, I hate to admit it. I did get it on Amazon this year. I'm trying my best not to support Amazon. <laughs> I know they're making like I know. I'm you know, they're making like millions every two minutes or some craziness. But the other thing that I do I would like to invest in is a water pick. I was told by my dentist yes, that I need to uh, have deep gums. So yeah. that's something else. But Anyways, on that note. On <laughs> that note, well, guys, I just want to say, for those of you who have been following us since the beginning of our podcast, which started this year, thank you very much. Sorry we couldn't give you as much content, but we hope that the content we gave you was great. 2020 has been a year indeed, but it's definitely, we started this podcast and it's, this is just the beginning what we have coming for 2021 and years to come is going to be even greater. So keep watching us, keep listening to us and thank you for your support this horrendous year. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the support throughout this crazy year, because I mean, I enjoy like, isn't this actually a step up in comparison? We used to, we, we had various studios, if you recall, <laughs> the year before that which was really funny but um zoom and actually one of the silver linings is that we have been able to you know record on a way more consistent basis and it's easier it's like in our homes and so but Adria you're so right we have so many so much great things and plans um prepared or in the works anyways for 2021 yeah. and you know I just want to thank you as my partner and co-host because you're just so amazing i know i'm getting all mushy but um but you are and so this has been so much fun and i can't wait for us to continue into the new year so yes. 
Yeah, and you have been amazing too because like I will put something down and I look at it and Nicole has done. I'm like, damn, like <laughs> that. Like you've been doing our editing and everything. I really appreciate you. I thank you that we did this. You've been on this journey with me, and I'm excited for what this new year has to offer us because we are doing. It's going to be a different. Like it's going. Things are going to be different, but it's still the same. Yeah, we're upgrading and we're, upgrading. we're just polishing. We're polishing, upgrading, all that good yes. stuff. So yes. it's going to be really exciting. I'm sure everybody is like really excited for 2021. So yeah. I think uh, hopefully our creative juices can continue and we can yes. continue this motivation and our listeners um, will continue to listen to us. And, and you're going to hear definitely like new updates in our lives as it goes along. Hopefully... <laughs> My my status will change in 2021. <laughs> we have, you know, definitely different things are coming for us, for everybody. So um, you will be following. We will be taking you on our journey of our lives as we go along too. So thank you guys so much for the support. And um, everyone stay out, stay safe. Enjoy the holidays. Kiss your loved ones. Tell them you love them. And if there's a guy out there you like, ladies, let him know before the year ends. Guys, if there's a girl you like, let her know. And if there's somebody out there who loves me, a guy, let me know before the year ends. <laughs> and make sure to kiss the loved ones that are in your house, okay? Yes. <laughs> in your bubble. Yeah. Send virtual kisses. Yes, Send emojis. Kisses. Kissy emojis exactly. to everybody else. And, but loved ones in your and what is it like is it the i mean i only i only um hear this one like the young the young generation says it but like shoot your shot you know yes yeah so if you want to shoot listen you have until the 31st of december to shoot your shot if you do not shoot your shot with me before the year ends and 2021 somebody else comes my way that's your loss so shoot it yeah. before the year ends because and, and, after the he said my husband is supposed to come this year so I don't know where he is, but you better show up. And shoot your shot with people who are available, okay? Don't go yes. out there breaking up marriages, people. Oh, and relationships, <laughs> yes. I'm letting you guys know I'm single, but it will change in 2021. I'm When we do our first podcast, I'm, I might be in a different status. Just letting y'all know. So if, if you're out there, shoot your shot now. You got it until the 31st. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and on that note happy holidays everybody happy and holidays. thank you so much yes. for joining us and we will see you next year let the people don't they ask now with the baba do the jazz hey the baba do well for me hey my life is done not because I suffer fast, not because I pray and fast. No be your show, no be just. I'm watching.